Hello, and welcome to the Goddess Glow podcast with your host, Ray Grillo. Today, I have Mary McElhatton, and she is a pre-planning sales director here in Las Vegas at Palm Mortuary. And you can see it right here. You find her. <laughs> Our special water. <laughs> yeah, the special water. Um, I had the honor of staffing under Mary at a Sci Basic. If you haven't noticed, there's like <laughs> there's like been like sort of like a, a consistency and theme of where I've been meeting these amazing people, and um, and so I. Uh, yeah, I had the honor of staffing under her, and she is just such a, like, loving, nurturing, and, like, strong woman to be led by. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a, she has a lot of that, I just want to say you have that feminine energy, like, that strong feminine energy, oh, and good. I think I said it was, like, <laughs> I know you might say you have otherwise. I mean, I could see it, too, when you're, like... Yeah. You're like, well, this needs to get done. <laughs> I know. was going to say my kids may disagree with you. They're like, Mom, you're always like a sergeant, you know, yeah. like drill, 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 drill. And so it's nice and refreshing to hear that I have that feminine side to me, too, mm-hmm. on a mission to get things accomplished and get things done. Mm-hmm. You just have that, like, loving, I think, nurture, that, just that motherly aura. And that, like, uh, I feel like that's like a, you know, a guided, like a guidance versus like a at least in my experience. <laughs> Mary, children, you might have a different story. However, um, yeah, I uh, love the way that you lead, and I just love your presence and your healing energy, and that's why I feel like you're amazing at what you do. I mean, you've been doing pre-sales for how long now? I've been doing them for eight years since my eight father years. passed, yes, okay. which is a direct result of what brought me to do this. Um, when he was passing, he was he had been sick, mm-hmm. and so his he knew his days were numbered, and so he had called me and asked me to help him put some plans in place because prior to that we had three family members that had passed away, and uh, and of course they were very sudden, and so there was no pre planning opportunity, and then with my father you know, just going through the experience of what I thought would be very sad and very hard became very awakening Mm -hmm. and also a beautiful experience I got with my father before he passed away. Uh, The service was very well thought out. He had messages for his kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids, even great-great-grandchildren that are not even born yet. So caught my attention enough to change careers yeah. immediately. And so he had everything pre-planned because he, it took some time, right? Sure. He, like he knew he was going to be passing and... Yes, he okay. had about three months. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of three months, I was talking with him every day. And, you know, when he initially called me, I was, you know, in shock, of course, and very saddened to think that my father was going to be passing and he asked me to plan you know his final day he called it his day of departure and I'm like oh my goodness how am I going to do this and again I was not with the company at all I did not do this for a living Mm -hmm. and he uh he said you know Mary I named you Mary Margaret Motormouth for a reason (laughs) I really want to get this day right and I don't have a lot of time to waste and I know you're a go-getter with five children you know and 
you get things done. So, and, and I remember, you know, what really stuck out for me was when he said, I want to get this day right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've held on to that. And that's really what I do to help families today is pre-plan to get that day right. Yeah. Um, so what is the difference between, because uh, a lot of people don't know what happens when you pass. A lot of people, in my experience anyway, like it's tend to like you ignore it. It's ignored. Um, and then it's like, it's typically a surprise. And that's why we see people, you know, attempting to raise money on, was it GoFundMe? GoFundMe. GoFundMe. They're like car washes. Yeah. Uh, And so that's a lot for a family to take on, especially when a loved one is like doing that, like worrying about the finances and having your loved one who just passed away and all of that grieving while you're doing all of this stuff. And so, um, the difference between, uh, like pre-planning and then the aftermath, like just planning like on spot, um, which was what I had to do (laughs) with, uh, my past husband. Um, however, you know, me being who I am and, and more in tune with it and like having sort of some knowledge around death, uh, was like easier for me. However, it still was stressful because you're like, would they like this or would they like whatever? Um, so what, what have you noticed is the difference though between pre-planning and like doing it right on spot when it happens? Well, the biggest difference is that things were planned. So obviously like when you're planning for a final resting place, you're able to not only think about yourself, you're able to think about a family. You're able to think about, you know, do I want to be in a cemetery, you know, in a park? We call them parks today because they are, they're beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I make it a point to walk my grandchildren in the cemeteries. I want them to be comfortable with this thing we call death, which actually is a part of living. So, if a family plans ahead of time, it's either one person, you know, being here in the park, or let's think about this openly and talk about it, where a family a, a family can be together mm-hmm. instead of having to be so separated in a, in a park. Uh, so that obviously is one of the things I noticed right off the bat is, boy, ahead of time we can really put some thought into this and, and ask family members if, if it's, if they're interested in being together and what a great opportunity to be together even after this life. Right. Mm -hmm. Makes it easier on everybody to go visit too. (laughs) You can can go visit everybody at one time instead Mm -hmm. of just, you know, one over here and aunt Pat over here and uncle John over there, you know, so that was a big eye opener for me which was very different for me because I never even thought I would ever even consider going into a cemetery park. Okay. You know, I always told my kids, I don't care. I'm dead anyway. Just do what you want with me. Not, not probably the best thing to say to your children who Mm -hmm. love and adore you. Even if you've been a mean mom or a mean dad, at the end of the day, they love you. They don't want you just here or there or anywhere. So the other part of it is proper grieving. Yeah. Uh, proper grieving allows families to be together. It allows families to be taken care of. You know, I tell my children today that, look, I will not be there physically. However, I'll be there emotionally. 
and I'll be, it'll be as if I'm holding your hand to walk you through what I've planned out. And as hard as it is to say that, because I don't want to go anytime soon and I don't want to, you know, I just know that one day I will. Mm -hmm. And it's proper grieving. You give that gift. I just did a service the other day for a 98 and a half year old person. It was so moving and so touching. And of course, if we could have 98 plus years on this earth, that would be pretty cool. And some people get that and some people do not. My, my siblings did not get that. My parents buried three of their children. So to tell the family, and I, I was able to pre-plan this person many years ago, yeah. several years ago. So the gift that I was able to bring to that family was they were all taken care of. They didn't have to make decisions on a hard day. They didn't have to think about what this person wanted or didn't want. It was all done for them. And for a person just to show up, a family just to show up and and them be together instead of fighting, arguing, bickering, because emotions are now running. Yeah. So logically, it makes sense. It's just figuring out how to get this and this to connect long enough to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And the permission mission part that I was sharing with you is, I, will, I, I want permission to talk about death. Yeah. Yeah. For my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, for my great-great-great-grandchildren, and I want that for you, too. Mm-hmm. I want that for as many people who would be on board with saying, you know, it's it's a it's a smart discussion to have ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it's really important, especially, you know, uh, so I was widowed at a very young age. And I found it to be difficult to talk to people my age because, one, I mean, I married at a young age. I married at 21. <laughs> um, There's younger, right? Yeah. There are younger marriages. <laughs> I mean, they are, however, 21 and, like, out of, like, my friend group, you know. Yeah. Um, and just, like, the way that it happened, I mean, I uh, ended up, I don't want to say lost, you know, however, my husband ended up passing uh, when I was 23 and going on 24. And so, like, that, it was just difficult to even bring it up because everyone was so uncomfortable with the idea. It's like, that's, that's my age, <laughs> you know, like they're like, yeah. I, that's like, that's something that's foreign. Um, even just for, uh, women I've noticed, and I've been attracting women who have, who are also like widows, um, or like widowed like long ago. And the way that they described it to me is like, they had to do it a lot on their own versus having that ability just to like talk to someone about it. And so that's why I wanted to open up like the conversation just about being comfortable. I still run into people who are just like, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. So. I have witnessed that myself. So my mother who has buried three of her children already, I watched her uh, once became aware that, you know, death is a very uh, unspoken topic, mm-hmm. very silenced. Um, there's a lot of different definitions that we throughout the years have placed on it. And I think the idea now is just to remove those, whether it's taboo, whether it's the negativity, whether it's 
you know, like if you bring it up, it's going to happen. Well, no, we have proof that people don't go when they should have gone. Mm-hmm. And we have proof that people go regardless, right? I have people who want to go, who are, who are uh, you know, they count down the days and they're still here. I have people who don't want to go and they go anyway. So my point is that, you know, if we can be better at saying, Ray, I want you to talk about your loss. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not a widow. I'm at risk to be a widow though. Mm -hmm. You know, I am. I watch my mom go through her losses alone because most people didn't want to talk about her dead children. Yeah. And, and she suffered in silence for so many years. And so watching that and just seeing that if we can bridge those gaps together of knowing that, you know, people who lose people are over here and the people who haven't yet are over here, we've got to bridge that together. And I think it is the only way to do it is by opening in the conversation saying that death is a permission. We have permission to talk about it. Mm-hmm whether it's happened or not, because I think about people who have lost children and, and, you know, it it makes me uncomfortable because again, who am I to talk to them? My children are still alive. At the same time though, I need to learn from somebody who's lost a child. Mm -hmm. I want to learn from somebody who's lost a child because I have children. Mm -hmm. I have grandchildren. I hope that I can sit with somebody, even whether they've lost somebody, specifically the same gen, you know, child, grandchild, or not. Because if we do not, we're sitting alone thinking that it only happens to the other people mm-hmm. instead of us being in it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And that all together. I'm in it all together. I'm in it with you. I'm in it with my mom who's still alive 87 this year i'm so excited (laughs) and we're in it together Mm -hmm. and i think that's in our last conversation we had uh, you said something along the lines like death is the thing that brings us all together (laughs) like it happens to everyone yeah like it's inevitable and so it's like the most uh, not i want to say the most taboo topic however it's a taboo topic yeah it happens to everyone and here in the Western, I had a friend too who is from Australia, and they said that the Western world doesn't know how to talk about death. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I don't know how it is like <laughs> in different countries. However, it's like the permission to just like ask questions, I think, or, or just like instead of shutting off a conversation and being awkward about it, there's also like, you know, setting the boundaries or asking what the boundaries are when people either want to talk about it or not and allowing for the emotions I think to come up is so important. We certainly have some work to do. It's not like this is going to happen overnight for people just to be able to go out and say to somebody, Hey, you know, can I talk about your death? (laughs) You know, it's not going to, it's not, um, that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. However, if I was to come up, you know, if I was to come up to you and just say, Ray, you know, 
as somebody who loves you and as somebody who cares about your son, have you thought about the day that you pass? What do you want that day to look like? Mm -hmm. How do you want this day to represent your life best? I mean, this is something we do now where we celebrate a person's life. It's not planning our death. It's planning the life well lived whatever amount of days or months or years that we get Mm -hmm. um, the love is the same I've seen where a child is passed in one day and that love in that day on that day is just as big as somebody who was here 98 and a half years Mm. it's pretty incredible how that is and that's the other part of it that's really drawn my heart is the love that we experience through death if we can take that outside into the world and not just leave it at a funeral home Mm -hmm. i i can only imagine what else we can do with that kind of love because that's the truest love you know we're all vulnerable we're all open we're all loving on each other for the most part you know there's some families that it brings arguing, bickering, and fighting. However, it's mostly those families, like my family, three times. We didn't get it. We were like, oh, it'll happen to another family. Well, boom, it happened. Now, fortunately, we were enough to lean on one another. Mm -hmm. However, there were times, too, that we didn't. And it did separate our family, and it did put pressure on our family. And it was only because we did not allow each other to openly talk about it or even openly say, you know what, I'm okay with not talking about it. Because that's one of the tips I give every family member now is there's no wrong way to do this. Mm-hmm. The only wrong way would be to, to be silenced. Yeah, That's the only wrong way. So as long as people are communicating how they're feeling or what they've got going on for them or they're saying it's, you know, a tough day, we're going to heal. Mm -hmm. It's the part where it's just not acceptable. I mean, think about that. Death is not acceptable. Yeah. And it's again, it's inevitable. and it's a it's a guarantee. It's yeah. the only, the only thing. I mean, people say death and taxes. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen people get out of taxes. <laughs> I don't know if you have or not. Yeah, this is the one guarantee: hundred percent mortality rate. And so, wouldn't it make sense that? I want to be okay with talking about the day that I depart this world. And I want my children to know that that day will happen. I want my grand, great, great, great grandkids to sit down with somebody they don't know and pre-plan mm-hmm. so that their life is valued as much as their death is valued. Yeah. And, and, and some may say, oh, Mary, it's because you work at a funeral home. This is not what brought me in to this funeral home to talk and pre-plan. Mm-hmm. My father brought me into this. He said, Mary, I'm okay with my passing. I know that my days are numbered. On the other hand, you're going to sit and stress about it because you know that it's coming. 
So if you can do something about it, do it to make it right. And so I've heard that over and over in my mind, like, whoa, what? Wow. There's nothing that fires me up more Mm. than to know that I'm going to live this best life out to the day it ends. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'd like for a whole bunch of people to get on board with that. Mm -hmm. I feel like, too, like with that sort of experience, it's... I mean, that's for me, you know, they always talk about like post-traumatic stress syndrome or like, uh, however, post-traumatic growth is never talked about. Like my husband passing was like the thing that really like pushed me to like really go for it and like live my dream life (laughs) to like go travel and do the things that I actually want to do. And I feel like when you have like death in the back of your mind or at least, or even in the forefront, just consciously aware of it, um, you know, like the little things don't piss you off as much. <laughs> or like when you're driving, you know, maybe slowing down a bit because you know what can happen if you drive recklessly. Um, or just being like, you know, having like, you know, I have clean water today. I have money in the bank today. Gratitude. I have the sun. T- yeah, gratitude. Uh, because it's so, uh, it's, just, it's just, it's a great reminder. And if people live their life thinking you know, that this is like the first day of the rest of my life or it's the last day sure. of the rest of my life, then I feel like, again, we would see that love in the world that, I mean, I've seen, um, so with my mediumship, just like the love that comes through still, even from the other side, uh, or the people who are in front of me, the love that they still have and, um, wanting of that guidance and stuff from a past loved one. Um, it's just, uh, it's, for me, it's extremely fulfilling to be able to like (laughs) relay those messages. And then also to like, it's just, it's a reminder, you know, that you don't have what you think you have, or you might have more. (laughs) Well, and (laughs) see, there's so many, again, different opinions about, I know that my father guides me every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that my brothers do. I know that my sister is that I never met. I know that. I feel it, it, especially since I've become to do what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. which is living out my purpose to be a motor mouth around the conversation called death. Mm-hmm. And that it, it's, it's less frightening. I'm living proof that out of that experience with my father, who I knew was going to be hard, all of a sudden woke me up to live. It brought life into me in a way that I felt more alive than I'd ever felt in my entire life. How does that happen? Well, it happens when we're being honest. Yeah. So maybe we've just gotten away from being real honest about this topic. Like you said, I mean, people driving a little bit easier and looking out for one another. You know, we lose more people to unnatural causes today than ever. And if it doesn't shift, imagine how many people are gonna go senselessly, you know, foolishly. And our young adults, you know, they're at risk because I haven't talked about it with my young adult kids. Uh, That's not acceptable for me anymore. Yeah. I do talk about it. I put it in front of them so that they are aware. You know, stop at the stop light. 
way to look both ways if you want to keep living. Yeah. That's that's at the point that's where we are today. That's the truth of where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. I uh you having like this conversation, it brought up a point for me. I remember before my grandmother passed, or probably even like before Dan passed, my grandfather would always talk about like, oh, the day is coming for me, like I'm gonna be with your my soulmate, my grandma. And so my grandfather's still alive. However, my family, I just we were just like, oh, don't talk about that. You're staying for a long time and sort of like brush it off. Yeah. And then after Dan passed, I, I think I really like got it. And I just like, instead of like brushing it off, I, I, this is, could be advice for the younger ones. Um, instead of brushing off, like allowing um, people in your life who bring up, uh, talk about death sure. um, to actually just talk about it. Cause they don't, other than with their friends, maybe, I don't know, maybe like over shuffleboard or <laughs> that's like what I envision my grandfather, like, you know, talking about it with them. However, it's nice though with the family, cause I'm going to be the one visiting him and my grandma, exactly. you know, like his yeah. friends aren't going to be able to visit him cause they may or may not be here either. So, and I love that you recognize that Ray, because what a gift to your grandfather to know that he's leaving you better off. Mm-hmm. He's he's educating you on uh, what will be helpful to you one day. However, it's also helpful for the people who know that they're gonna pass. You know, you get to a certain age, and I'm there. I'm over the you know 55 mark. I know that I have you know less possibly on this side than I did my first 55 years. Possibly, I don't know. I mean, people are living to be well over 100. I am, uh, again, just so grateful for someone who lives one day to whatever amount of years that we get. I take it, um, I take it to heart, you know. So, um, again, because we all have permission to go when we go, too. And that's a message I think a lot of people, like my mother, Mm-hmm. You know, my mom felt like she did something wrong because people didn't talk with her about the loss of her children. And so, and my mother, of course, didn't. And of course, all of us who didn't talk with her about it didn't think she did wrong either. Yet the feeling of the silence is what feels in. Mm-hmm. That's what feels in for somebody who's who's not able to really just open up and talk about their loved one who has passed, you know, because people after a while, they don't want to hear it anymore. It might be too painful for them. Although what's more painful silence, because it's proven, right? Silence is more effective than actually saying words because you feel it versus when we hear it, we can at least do something with it. And just being, yeah, again, the honesty. And the honesty like of it. Space. Yeah. Holding space. For a that. safe yeah. space. Yeah. A very safe space. So, yeah, I want to hold a very safe space for the families who are able to pre-plan. But more importantly for me, it's the permission. Mm-hmm. I want permission to go. I don't want anybody holding my hand telling me, hey, come on, Mom, you can hang in there one more day. I'd be like... <laughs> I've worked my whole life. I'll be good and tired. Just put me to bed. Yeah. Because my joke is I do tell all my kids and friends. I've started telling them, listen, I'll sleep when I'm dead. 
<laughs> Today I'm getting something done. Yeah. I'm going to accomplish something in this great day that I've been given. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I enjoy about you too. You just go through your days with intention every single day. I think you said that every day you start off with intention. You had to think about it too. You're like, do I? You're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, you see something I've got to see. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I, I'll do my best. And, and it is... Uh, you know, I think like all of us, we treasure the the breasts that we have. We mm-hmm. just aren't recognizing why we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, like, come, we're coming to a close here. Uh, however, I did want to talk about more of the permission mission. And if you have any, you know, a call to action for the listeners or viewers and uh, what you would like that to be. Sure. Permission mission is I give you permission that uh, one day you'll go. Uh, one day I'm going to go. One day, Ray, will you go yeah. one day? Yeah. And the permission part of it is being able to sit with your family and, and have an open discussion about your wishes of cremation or burial. I have found that's the hardest decision for someone to make on somebody else's life. So if you know what you want, Take some action to get it in place, and that will relieve that one big question, uh, not only financially, mm-hmm. but more importantly, did I do the right thing? Did I honor this person I love and have loved my whole life? Uh, make sure. And if you did make the decision, give yourself permission that you would made the right decision in the past because someone who has to make a, a decision on somebody else's behalf because there were no plans and it happened suddenly, you too have permission to accept that it was the right decision and you did a great job because you had to. When we're in a position where we have to, you cannot do it wrong. You cannot do it wrong. So I want you to know and hear that. The other part would be you know, reach out to someone like me, reach out to someone who can just, if you need some guidance and help to open it up in your own family or with your spouse or with your kids, call me, Mm -hmm. call me. I'll, I'll come over. I'll sit around the dinner table as I did for the one gentleman. It was around his table with his children. And I was like, oh, this is too sweet because he felt has loved through that those hard moments, those few minutes of it being difficult, because again, the world has taught us not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we almost feel like we're doing something wrong for a second. All the, and then all of a sudden it just opens up. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we're talking about, we are talking about this and it's a good conversation. Yeah. And uh, having things planned out. So yes, reach out to me. You'll have my contact information. Yeah. And, um, yeah, down below, uh, usually I share links. And so, um, you guys will have the information down below, like whatever you want to share. And, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to thank you for being on my podcast and opening this conversation because I, uh, I mean, me anyway, in my experience, I'm like a little ticked off. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm over it. Like there needs to be better talk about this. Like we need to open up a space like, and you know, I don't have all the answers. And, um, however, that's why I reached out to someone like you who might have a little bit more answers than me. <laughs> well, and you're brave to have me here today. Cause again, it's a direct, uh, topic for you yeah. having lost 
someone so close to you and your in your child's father yeah right who you have had to pick up the pieces and figure out how are you going to navigate this life without with your son without dad you know so you've done a wonderful job ray and uh, i think you know you just being open to it being an acceptable conversation and again it's not how it's it's not about how people pass no. That's very, very important for all of us to understand that we, if we can stay less from how people pass into more of when we pass, mm-hmm. oh gosh, you know, it's just going to, it is going to change the world. Yeah. yeah. One person at a time. And I do, okay, so I do want to share one more thing that you told me. Because <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love this. It's like, at yours, you said that you're going to have, you, do you mind if I share? Oh, please. Oh, okay, you're going to have like a whole bucket or like a jar full of things yeah. of that you didn't finish. And so each person at your day of celebration is going to go in and pick it out. And yes. like, they have to do that one thing. I won't be able to physically do the work anymore. <laughs> I've got intention to get things done even after I'm gone. So it is things I haven't been able to do yeah. or I've done them and cr- got so much out of it that I'll write it down and put it in the bucket for that yeah. special person to get exactly what they're t- what right. they come to get at my funeral service. So isn't that cool? Yeah. That we, again, I had time to think about what yeah. was really important to me and that was Things still need to be done even after I'm gone. Yeah, and talk about legacy, too. (laughs) (laughs) My kids are going to laugh. They'll be like, I'm not pulling anything out of that jar because I'm like calling them up. Hey, did you do this? Did you do this? You know, they'll be like, finally, Mom, I get a break. (laughs) Just one more thing. We'll see. One more thing. (laughs) One more thing. Here, I left you with one more thing. (laughs) Do those dishes. No. Oh, that's funny yeah that is funny <laughs> well thank you mary again and uh yeah check mary out and yeah have those open conversations and hold space for the people in your life mm. right. i dare you <laughs> <laughs>